All right, we're on. So I'm sitting here um, having a wonderful discussion with Adam Summer, who um, my wonderful assistant uh, Malia introduced me to uh, about a month ago, I guess, over in, on Facebook. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> she's your assistant. What does yeah, she assist you with? Like setting up readings? She helps me. We're actually in the process of putting together um, an apprenticeship program, a Jungian astrology apprenticeship program. So, Ooh, I got one of those. Like that. You do? Okay, cool. Without the Jung word attached to it, but I'm really into Carl Jung's work. Nice. And what's your apprenticeship program about? Uh, it's one-on-one, and it's a six-month to a year journey, depending on how often we meet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just created it. Because it's something that I always wanted, uh, whether it was with astrology or with primitive skills or whatever I've you know been into over the years, uh, and I never found it. And so when I when I got into astrology and then uh, got certified uh, through Maurice Fernandez to actually teach people and certify them, oh, okay. uh, I'm like, well, it was just kind of a no brainer. I was like, I have to offer this to people, yeah. and so I've worked with. Lots of folks one on one, and it's it's the favorite. It's my favorite part of what I do, is connecting like that and going on a journey with people. And it's an incredible transmission, and to be able to see like when they give readings to people, they record it, and that's kind of how the homework works. Mm-hmm. Of uh, how I'm just basically creating little me's, little clones. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's <laughs> the antithesis that like of you. what I do. But it's it's great to watch their comprehension and their growth. I love it. Oh, yeah. The one-on-one is the best. And that's such a nice way to do it with everything being so kind of impersonal these days with the internet and everything so mass-produced. It's really nice to hear that you're, mm. you're running it that way. Um, and so, yeah, we were kind of, before we started recording, we were we were both um, talking about how neither one of us really likes to have a plan or, you know, kind of a set thing. So we're just going to we just improv and mm-hmm. um and we're meeting for the first time officially on the last day of mars in scorpio 29 scorpio um and this balsamic moon and wow we're right on the edge of something huh beautiful yeah dark dark times championship game around the corner <laughs> yeah right it's like as michael luden said we're about i think he said it we're about to get back on the horse or no, maybe that was Christopher Renstrom, actually, I think, that I read this morning. I like that analogy. About like, to get back on the horse. Like, I like it. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Luton says we're like in a time travel. Um, like we're reliving our past and we're all really grumpy. Mm. Mm. I don't know about the grump part, but I, I agree to that. And the part of the past that I've been identifying very clearly with Mars in my own life, but also seeing it uh, with clients and people around me, is uh, it's it's a revisiting of what I would consider the optimal health mm-hmm. chapter of our of our past. Nice, nice. And and by connecting that, so for me, I was like in my late teens, and I was an athlete. I was really into BMX. Mm-hmm. I also played hockey and stuff, and just was a kid, a boy, seventeen, growing up. But it was I often look back to that time of my life and it's like there's kind of like the glory days to it because I was in such good shape and just when you're in that optimal health you of course are happy and and vibrant and, and <clears throat> just been a downward spiral since then and and then okay and 
this Mars has brought up all of those old activities in this really interesting way, like revisiting them and, 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 and getting inspired by them. Yeah. And so it hasn't been, I mean, aside one of the great gifts of this Mars retrograde was my uh, website getting hacked and turning into a porn site. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. That is so was, Mars and Scorpio. <laughs> it was when it was exactly opposite my son, too. My son's two Gemini, and it was when it was at two Sag. Oh, in Sag it was. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I woke up one morning, and I had a slew of emails of people telling me about this porn, holes2heavens.com porn. It was a lot of stress. It was a lot of energy. But... Aside from that, you know, I fixed it, have a new site, I'm happy about that, but like the whole Mars for me has been quite great. I, I, I think that all of the great gifts imaginable that Mars can offer us, like strength and endurance and will, resilience, regeneration, all these wonderful words that we can apply to it, have been quite alive Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in the last months. Is that true for you? Absolutely. Um, it's been, you know, definitely quite a journey into a lot of deep shadow work. And, um, you know, basically for me, it's been recovering all the ground that the Saturn in Scorpio transit, it's, it's been kind of little, but I, I do have a lot of planets in Scorpio. So it's been like going all the way back to where I started, like literally, like I moved to San Francisco when... Saturn first moved, like right as Saturn went into Scorpio. I left New York City, which I had been in for 19 years or something, oh, uh -huh. and came to San Francisco. Right before the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Right, actually, right before Hurricane Sandy. I actually got my ticket. I actually had this transmission that the hurricane was going to be really bad, luckily, wow. before anyone knew. So yeah. I changed my ticket because I was supposed to go at the end of the month. So I changed my ticket because I had a bad feeling about it and got out just in the nick of time before, you know, all hell broke loose there and came to San Francisco and lived here for a year and then moved back to New York, like panicked and just like missed New York so much and was like, what am I doing in San Francisco? I mean, I moved out here for a relationship and kind of fell apart. And so I, mm. I went back to New York and then came back here when Mars was in Scorpio, moved back here just in April. Well, welcome back. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. It's like full circle. Like it's pretty literal. And now I it love, and I love it here now. It is a wonderful city. And real quick, yeah. I am hearing myself. I don't know if you have headphones on. No, I don't. Should I put them on? You're hearing yourself. I think so because I'm hearing my voice from your computer. Oh, weird. Hold on one second. Actually, let me just. It's all good. You can leave this in. I can do elevator music, or you can cut it out. It's up to you. Hmm. <laughs> All right, we're back. Oops. <laughs> Little Mercury retrograde preview or something going on. Oh, we were talking about Mars. Mars, yes. Yes, Mars yes. Blade. Okay, so, yeah, what were we talking Oh, we were talking about the full circle. Yeah, the, the whole Mars and Scorpio trip and how here we are at the end of it finally. Right. And I hate to say this, but mm -hmm. I'm hearing myself still serene. Are you? Okay. Again. How's that sound? Okay, is it less echoey? I don't even hear it. Okay, great. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, okay, wait, no, it's not even recording. There we go. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, so anyway, Mars. Uh, Mars in back charge. Back on the horse. Back on the horse. We're going to get back on the horse, yeah. It's interesting to be in that darkest before the dawn moment, isn't mm -hmm. it? How are you feeling that in your life? Mm. 
Well, I'd have to say I'm like there's, there's there's elements of Scorpio that just feel like home. I have a Scorpio moon, so when when things get intense or wily or dark or macabre, it, <laughs> it is that I recognize that, but it's nothing that scares me i love that yeah it's something that it's almost like material to work with it's wonderful it's 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 condensed packets of energy stuff that i think both of us can probably agree that we are fascinated by oh we love it that's our connection yeah love love the depths love the darkness yeah so it's rich i love it i've been again like i was saying it's just it's, it's it's going back to that time in, in life, and actually Adam Gainsbourg taught me this when he was on my podcast talking about this Mars cycle, that uh, phase returns, like the exact Mars retrograde happens in like 10, 7, or was it 1517, 1517, like year intervals. Mm. So he's like, Adam, like you basically, like you just, because I told him what I just told you about what I was connecting with, what I was feeling around the Mars. And He's like, well, that's so interesting because when you were 17, it was the same Mars retrograde. Ah, yeah, amazing. I was like, great, hook me up. It's also my perfection year in Mars. Okay. So I just, yeah, and being out where I live, there's no light pollution. So being able to have tracked the whole Mars retrograde has been a phenomenal experience because it basically started off as a straight line in the sky between Saturn and Antares. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in late April, mm-hmm. and then started stretching back and made perfect equilateral triangle underneath that May full moon. I don't know if you remember it. It was like the 22nd. That's right. It looked like a ghost in the sky. Like Amazing. the moon was the head, and then the body was a triangle, and then it just kept getting further and further until the end of June when it stationed direct. And I, I've been doing a lot of archery. Like I, got, I bought a recurve bow around oh. that time oh, wow. when Mars so was opposite the sun. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it's like, look at that. It's a bow in the sky. <laughs> and it's shooting where? Directly into the heart of the galactic center, which is my favorite part of the sky. Wow. And uh, so just being able to watch it and track it and, and in a way do the same with my body. Cause yeah. Really, it's been very physical for me, the whole Mars res- retrograde. Very yeah. somatic. Very, very somatic for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically that. Mm. Well, Mars, I think, I mean, it's it's connected to the tower archetype in the tarot, which often will show up in readings as a physical, a physicalized um, crisis of some kind. Mm. Usually brought on by something emotional, but sure. when, it, when it hits that physical crisis, like where you can't ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God that didn't happen, but it, it was it was a feeling of... Uh, I need to get strong again. Like I need to be able to climb 14ers. I need to be able to to have that strength back. And it wasn't yeah. like I wasn't, you know, in good health. Right. I, I do qigong. I do yoga. Like I am active, but mm-hmm. like I'm talking about strength. Yes. And that is something I've allowed to some extent to atrophy over the years because I don't really play sports mm-hmm. anymore. I lost that in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm interested and whether getting directly back into that or just throwing a bow on my back and hunting elk or something. <laughs> so primal. 
Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a part of the Mars, just listening to a lot of men as well, like podcasts. Yeah. I'm, I'm really into uh, Rogan's show, Joe Rogan Experience. I don't know if you listen to it, but... No. <clears throat> He's What's a comedian. About? Oh, cool. And he has a really popular podcast, like three hours long. Again, no notes, like you and I are doing it right now. And he has fascinating guests on, not just comedians, but just really interesting folks. And um, he's really into bow hunting. And I've never hunted before, but I love shooting uh-huh. bows and, and our arrows. And, and, and yeah, that happened during the Mars Retrograde. I was like, this is something that I'm definitely going to get into. And so I've been manifesting my mentor great trying to find it and yeah just all those kind of primal things and like i have my own podcast i talk about this all the time and it's been cool to get the feedback from people you're like whoa adam what's happening to you i gotta check out your podcast since i just met you i'm like i'm literally meeting you like in the dark it's so funny so now i'm gonna check it out it's so funny that our paths hadn't crossed until now um and what what kind of things do you do on your podcast oh you know I've been doing it for seven years, so it's changed a lot, but I'd say over half of the shows are conversations with other astrologers. Nice. Um, And many of them you probably know. There's actually one right now in the Mountain Astrologer uh, that they transcribed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was a conversation between Mark Jones and I. Oh, very cool. And they, they did a good job of transcribing an hour and a half podcast into like a 10 page article. Um, so it's half of them. And then I do my own thing. Like I'll choose a topic, like take Saturn, Neptune, and I, I'll explore it in all these different ways in these different sections of the show. So I call that the structural of, of epiphany. And I go back to 89, like when the Saturn-Neptune cycle began, and then go through all of the journey, the big years and all the things on a mundane level that maybe had transpired is happening but more or less i'm interested in the psychological and spiritual element of how this stuff manifests mm, and same so yeah just uh, like the podcast to me is it's it's my creative medium i mean my my art music language all this different stuff gets to filter into it and i really enjoy it the whole process of getting my ideas together, producing it, uh, is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful experience. Amazing. And I mean, you don't have to go through the whole thing, but how has this, how have you been experiencing the Saturn Neptune on a psychological, spiritual level? Mm. Oops. You hear me? I accidentally to understand the origin point and then the major uh, parts of the cycle. So it was in 89 that they were together in Capricorn, right? Mm -hmm. And then it was 98, 97, 98, I believe, when the first quarter square happened. Mm -hmm. And then the opposition was in 2006 and 7. And then what we're experiencing now is the third quarter square. And and going deep Mm -hmm. into it, looking at my own biography, and just really marinating on the idea, those dates, the themes, where it was in my chart, all this kind of stuff. And also working with clients, too. Like, when I have an idea that I'm tossing around in my head, I like to practice it on my clients and explore it in that way. And the main thing that I've observed with it is, and it's why I kind of call it the structure of epiphany, is that there's, we're all 
basically like fish and water within a dream that is inserted into our consciousness Mm -hmm. from the moment we take our first breath. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea of how the world is, how we need to live, what the destination might look like, all of this. And from 89 until 2007, like I, it was also the years of my life. I mean, I was in my developing years, but still like that waxing part of the cycle Mm -hmm. was just basically being naive and innocent in the beginning of, yeah, of course this is how the world is. And then all these little small moments of waking up that happened and they weren't so small when say the square happened, like in 98 was, was definitely the first time I broke open my head and, Mm. and saw something, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have context for it. I was probably like 14, 15 years old or something like that. Oh yeah. And no context, but it did change me. And and then moving into the 2006, 2007 when I was at Naropa at that time. Oh, nice. And I just moved to Boulder like a year before that, but it was like if I were to ever write a biography about myself, like that was in a way the most quote-unquote spiritual chapter of my life. Like that's all I cared about was mm-hmm. just trying to figure out how to sit, how to create this, this structure of epiphany for my life. Yes. And it also was the declaration, like me putting the gavel down and saying, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm making up my own rules as I move forward. Great. Like all the expectations from mom and dad and just society in general, friends, lovers, whatever. Like I was just so exhausted by being caught within this maelstrom of mm. a toxic dream, mm. basically. So I deleted America 2.0 from my head in <laughs> 2006 or seven. Mm, good for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then this time around, I just think, I mean, it all converges. But the main one for me is 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 realizing that I've I've created it. Like what I do with the podcast, and you know, like I created it out of nothing. Like it was just an idea that I stuck to. Uh huh. And I started podcasting in 2008. Yeah, you so, were way ahead of the game. Yeah, not a lot of people have been moved. <laughs> now we're all like, we're all, it. yeah. It's so cool. And uh, so I just have been working away. And I, there's always been listeners. Like ever since the first show, there's people that, you know, had grabbed onto it all over the place. But um, through that medium, really. I mean, I also write and do other things. But like, it's really the podcast that uh, has been the biggest light in the web. And uh, so that's the way I feel about it. And, and so the Neptune, Saturn square hasn't really been challenging at all for me. It's almost like a incredible feeling of I can kick up my feet now and just float downstream. It's like been, create your own reality. Yeah, it's been feeling quite relaxing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel right at home in that energy. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I do. I have Neptune in my south now. BT. Oh, there you go too. And now, so, and it that it's like a recurrence transit, recurrence transit, happening then because it's going to be Neptune South Node again. Yeah, November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think about that? That's pretty intense. Like, I'm also fascinated with this Jupiter Chiron opposition mm-hmm. that's going on. That's coming up. Right. Right. Well. When when you bring up the nodes, because they're all in the nodes, mm-hmm. Chiron's a little bit of a stretch, but yeah, right now yeah. Jupiter and Neptune are. Yep. And that also means that eclipses 
are activating them, which I think is really where my, my mind goes first. Okay. It's just knowing that, well, we're two weeks away, new yeah, moons tomorrow, from the first of three eclipses that are happening this fall. And even though the one in two weeks isn't going to be visible, I still would consider it eclipse energy. Oh, for sure. Uh, and I just, I, I love... The, I, I love trying to talk about Neptune because the only way you can do it <laughs> is by capturing good metaphor yes. and analogy Poetry. and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And so let's just use what, I'm, what I've been talking about, like this idea of, 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 of the dream that we're caught up in. I think that everybody, like wherever this Neptune is at in the, in, in, by transit in a person's chart mm-hmm. is where that dream is going to be sliding through K2's poop shoot. <laughs> it's it's a letting go. Poop shoot, shoot, that's funny. No, south yep. node is a dragon's tail. After it is. All. It is. And there's 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 a, there's an amazing, I think, especially when the eclipse. What is it? The third of them that's going to happen on it. It's like at twenty. That's a little late in degrees, but still. Yeah. There's going to be a couple of eclipses really close to it. Mm-hmm. Encouraging this process and like, okay, if it's in a person's seventh house, it's, it's every single model or assumption and expectation that you may have ever had in looking in the mirror of another person with your relationships yep. doesn't work anymore. And so then what is the way of working with it? Well, with Neptune always, it's just remembering that there is a divine will moving through everything that happens. And I, I think that it's, you know, everything is a fraction of the divine consciousness, but Neptune is the wonderful symbol of that. Literally, uh, the transmission. Interconnect, the interbeing, as Tikhon calls it. Yeah. And if we can surrender to it and understand how relationships really work—that it is a mirror, that finger pointing isn't allowed. Yes. That hating you. your exes. Yes, thank you very much. Is is not an option. <laughs> Because you're hating yourself in That's a way. Right. That's like, right. You're complaining about a very, very deep unconscious part of yourself that you don't want to look at. Amen. And so Neptune helps awaken that. It's uh-huh. like, hey, buddy, lady, take a look. Hmm. This is you. And when you can own that, oh, such a good feeling. And you're having that transit, huh? So you're really speaking from experience. I had it, yeah, last year. So you can, you can really be the authority on that. Yeah, it's true. And also, I mean, I was noticing how since this last Capricorn full moon, how rampant the term demonizing has been in the collective. Have you noticed that? Yeah, especially political and just personal, political, social. I just see it. Like, I've never, I don't know if I'm just somehow keyed into it, but I'm like, wow, this is like the, this is the go to word or like energy right now. Um, and it, it's exactly what you're speaking about, like, you know, putting, projecting onto the other, projecting the, which to me feels very much Mars and Scorpio, Pluto and mm-hmm. Capricorn. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's probably why it's been so intensified since this last Capricorn full moon. But mm. yeah, but it's the easiest to do that in the relationships, the relationship realm, the, the oh, intimate yeah. relationship realm. Yeah, we're all experts at that. Yeah. And it's, it's just, I wrote a post last week. I, I have this. Uh, writing practice called the daily breeze and i try monday through friday to pull something through and i I, another thing that neptune brings up is the idea of non-duality which is kind of the same idea that i was speaking about with inner being but 
and how much of a challenge, like I will admit, that is for me to really grok. That I am you and you are me and everything is sentient. Well, the implications of that idea, which I would say is true, and science is catching up to it in all these lovely ways, and to live in accordance to that, well, if you did, you would never harm anyone else. You would never demonize a human being or a group of people or a country or a place or whatever it might look like. You would never do that because you would understand how that dark energy that you're putting out is basically a boomerang that's going to come straight back at you in some interesting form. That's right. And that there's only one of us here. Yeah. Like the ultimate, like when you think there is, or there is no other, like when you really sit with that concept on such a deep level like you can only be hurting yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful idea but again like it's right. really hard to put in practice oh yeah. oh yeah and to really wrap your mind around it and so the best is just to have experience yes and i'll share this with you that relates more to mars but also is a very clear cool. example of how this can show up that mm-hmm. i have this person in my life that i consider a shadow ally mm-hmm. very scorpionic character mm-hmm and uh, like love him like a brother, but there's a demon in this one, and it comes and goes in the mm-hmm. form of bipolar, if you want a clinical mm-hmm. term for it. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. it's like that. And around the culmination of the Mars cycle, when it was opposite the sun in late May, right? It was the full moon actually that yeah. night. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was coming back from Boulder. I had been on a tour, giving some talks and visiting friends, and he was watching my plays. And when I got back late that night, underneath that full moon, with Mars and Saturn and Antares beneath it, mm-hmm. every plant in my house was dead. Mm. My cat had lost so much of her hair on the side of her face and had these bleeding blisters. Oh my god! On her face? No way! And uh, I immediately freaked out on him because I mean he had been watching the place for a week, right? Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why did you not let me know about this and this right. and this? And he's like, it's not a big deal. It was nothing. I never noticed that on the cat. It must have just happened. Like all these different excuses. Right. And the night before, I had actually had somewhat of a nightmare that he was involved with in it. And it was really dark, really mm. about manipulation mm-hmm. and just like the under... that my plants, my oh. animal, my entire space felt different, had soaked it up. And oh, wow. it took, a, I would say, a week for all of it to heal. My cat and just like my feeling around being in my place and all of this stuff. And it's curious. Like I bring it up as a story because it, I, like, I wasn't even, sorry, present or yeah. for that nightmare to enter me. So the feeling that and the dream world was matched in real time within yeah. 24 hours. Wow. And, and, you can, and you can see that because this is a person that doesn't necessarily do a lot of work on themselves. Uh-huh. That it like really justifies a lot of his behavior and just kind of gets away with it. Uh-huh. And, and, and then you see how the natural world then responds to that energy <sighs> when it's saturated in it. Oh, yeah. And have you noticed since, uh, since Neptune went into Pisces that even more than ever, I feel it's all about the energy behind everything. I mean, it's always been, but it's like 
it's so apparent now. It's almost like that veil's been removed. So mm, you can't yeah. get away with trying to like show up one way if your energy's another way. You can't disguise it. You just right. can't. Like the reverberation's immediate. Right, right. Yeah, the Om Shanti prayer phase with the demon behind it doesn't work anymore. Om Namah Shivaya. I know, it's so true. Namaste, motherfucker. Yeah, that's why J.P. Sears is so successful. He's so, so good, right? It's so true. So true. <laughs> no, because there is that whole like shadow, like the deeper the shadow sometimes when people are trying to hide behind yeah, spiritual, spiritual bypassing, which, right, oh, there we go, inserting right. another idea to Neptune on the south node. Spiritual bypassing, brilliant. I'm obsessed with that mm-hmm. as a Jungian analyst. Why is that? Thing. What's your observation of it? What can you oh, say about Neptune Oh, there's just so much of that. Like, people, like, it's, like, it happens a lot in situations when I'm trying to have, a, like, a direct one-to-one confrontation with somebody, and they, rather than want wanting to be real and just get to what is really going on, will try to sugarcoat it with, like, you know, I love you, let's just be spiritual, like, I mean, they don't say specifically Mm -hmm. like that, but that kind of, like, just not wanting to get into anything that's unpleasant or, you know, pushes any of their buttons or calls up any other stuff, like you said, not wanting to do the work. Right. But instead, like, reverting or hiding, like, putting on, it's like putting on a costume, like, okay, I'll just don this, like, monk's outfit for the moment, and then hopefully (laughs) you won't see what I'm, what my real ulterior motives are right now. We don't want to talk about that. So it's just... Yeah, or just feeling like if I, you know, take enough, if I get enough yoga hours in, then I don't have to really look at, you know, my the energy I'm running around other people because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm a yogi or I'm a this or that, you know, just, yeah. And it's like not doing this. I think it really in this day and age, it's about doing the psychological work. You can't really just skip the steps. I mean, that's what Jung said. It's like you can't go up into the upper chakras until you really deal you really go down deep and have a solid foundation like the tree has to have the roots going down into hell or there's no not really going you're going to be like a loose cannon otherwise i love that (laughs) what a wise man he also said that feelings i'll probably botch up the quote feelings are the voices of the soul Mm, i love that or he says you can't bring light by imagining figures of light, you know? <laughs> yeah. You don't bring light to the darkness by imagining figures of light. Exactly. Do, Some of the darkest the people work. I know are, are, are ho'oponoponoponies. Oh, God, yep. <laughs> it's it's true. true. It's true. There's a lot of that running out. But I think Neptune's exposing it in some ways, Oh, hopefully. my goodness. It's so incredible. Yeah. And... So, I mean, I, the most direct way, like in all these quotes and all these ideas that we just brought up around the Neptune South Node is basically own your experience and don't be afraid of any of it. Right, right. Own it, it, own your feelings, like talk talk directly, talk honestly. Yeah. Don't be afraid to dig into your own shadow and your own ulterior motives. Yeah, and don't be afraid to get mad. You get mm. pissed. I mean, Mars yes, and Saturn are going to yes. square that Neptune soon enough. That's right. That's and right. Uh, I mean, that's what that's a biggie in the spiritual circles. Yes. Is that anger is a demon. Period. That's, that's right. And that's not true. That's right. That energy needs to get out, and it's it's quite destructive if it doesn't. And so, yep. However, you need to sweat. 
whatever you need to do. Like the primal scream therapy, like it's got to sure. be, you got to have it somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, I just take it out of my cat, but oh. like that. But <laughs> <laughs> Poor kitty. She loves me. She but, loves, uh, she loves your anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, where the, that's, where the, that's where the scabs came from it was actually just <laughs> lingering now the truth comes that. out right <laughs> you try to bury it under the bypassing poor cat there are little grief Aww. fermenters yeah the animals the animals you know it's interesting because the animals pick up the shadow like when i notice like whatever when the owners aren't dealing with something somatic or unconscious going on often you'll see it in the the health or even the temperament of the animal Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill Burr has an amazing comedy bit about it that (laughs) tackles people, like, with pit bulls. And who are the guys, usually, that have pit bulls, but, like, bros. Oh, yeah, Angry totally. guys that, totally. like, wrestle with their dogs and, like, like reward them just by, like, throwing them around and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> totally. And so it's no wonder <laughs> that these dogs get all, like, excited and then sometimes just bite and don't let go that it's yeah Yeah, (laughs) like pitbulls are the sweetest animals on the planet like they're so so loyal and Mm. adorable yeah when you get around a machismo guy who Mm. neglects his dog and and even like beats it like that thing turns into a demon yeah yeah for sure yeah so it's important to know this i love mm. i love judging people by their pets yeah, right. <laughs> we have the shadow of judgment going on in all of our talk of spiritual bypassing i realize i'm like yeah there's my ju- uh, my inner judge coming my plutonic judgment coming out um yeah totally the, the pets are definitely reflect reflectors of the soul the state of the soul i think both positive and negative i mean they also uh-huh. can show the beauty and the the sweetness of the soul and remind so, us of the unconditional love, especially dogs, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, before we run out of time, I wanted to ask you, because we had started this conversation around, you know, Mars at 29 Scorpio, and it's interesting how it's trining the moon before it moves into Sag. And then we have a I mean, it's kind of uncanny, huh? Like that synchronicity of a new moon in Leo and then Mars going into fiery Sagittarius on the same day of the new moon. It really feels like some kind of dawning of a new solar consciousness of some kind or something. It feels like there's such a, I don't know, it feels very much uh, like it's trying to tell a story. Ooh, bedtime uh, story. <laughs> coming yeah, from yeah. Scorpio I recorded my podcast with my buddy Joe on the new moon last night and we got into it. Um, I like what you're saying. We did not address the Mars ingress at the same time. So I like that you brought that into it. Um, But for example, the Sabian symbol opens up the story very well with this lunation that starts tomorrow. I think it's like 1.44 p.m. Mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. in California. Yeah, I think so. But 11 Leo is children swinging on an oak tree Hmm. or something like this Mm -hmm. playing swing at an oak tree and when I was preparing just pulling up charts people that are born with the Leo new moon and stuff I I found a wonderful mascot for this for this new moon who's Kevin Smith he's born on August 2nd which is tomorrow and on a Leo new moon and do you know who Kevin Smith is oh my god no Kevin Smith is the director 
of all those wonderful man-child movies like Jay and Silent Bob, Mallrats, Clerks. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Chasing that's Amy. right, that's right, that's right, okay. But the man-child is the uh-huh. idea. Right, right. Um, big time. And I think it's like <laughs> the most popular humor as well. At the yeah. Moment. I think of Andy Samberg and Seth Rogen and all these oh, types God. of folks that are really successful. Totally. And they're just like silly man-children. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's not just them, but I think, like, culturally, too, a lot of us are just kind of reaching more than most generations when you look back in history to the eternal youth of the puer. Oh, yeah. Like, we haven't experienced, at least in this country, a war yet. Yep. Like, a big one on home yeah. turf or anything that, like, our parents and grandparents had to go through. Right. And so there's, there's, there's that. It's been able to, like, blossom past the Saturn return in so many different people. Mm. And so we use that as, a, as, this, as this mascot, as this example of opening it up, because I, I think that the specific transition between the first and second decan of Leo has a lot to do with reconnecting to play. Mm-hmm. That is, any hobby that actually has no results, no end result, no money, no nothing. It doesn't really inform what you're doing that much either in life. It's just something that you do because you love it. Like swinging. Mm, right. <laughs> I love swinging. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, we really excavated a lot of that. And I would say that is true to what I've been dreaming about. It's true to the way I've been feeling over the last couple of days as we're into the dark moon uh-huh. of it. And then now Mars and Sad, just like, oh, wow. Like, what? what is it that does that? Like, what is it that we, we can do... And, and in a way, point our will towards it and just go have a blast and just have that reckless abandon and just yeah. have a good time. Yeah, bring the play back in. Yeah. Bring the, like, I feel it's also um, like a creative surge that wants mm-hmm. to come back, which that's the beauty, I think, of going through all the depths of Scorpio and, you know, feeling like you're in that underworld, you know, or that chrysalis. And coming out, like suddenly there is this, there is that rejuvenated or that regeneration of Scorpio, that energy that comes. And suddenly you have, there, you need an outlet for it. There has to be an, a way to express it. How are you going to do it? Right, exactly. No How? question. Me? To you, Sheree. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm about to go on a journey. Um, a lot of things. I, I'm start, like there's a lot of new creative projects um, coming up. And, um, and another trip to India coming up and another pilgrimage, which I do every year. So, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. That's like my second home. I Uh actually bought a flat in India. So it's like, feels like it's my, the only thing I own I've ever owned in my life. So yeah, I mean, I don't actually even technically own it, but because it's a donation, but, but it's my home. Like, so if I needed a home, that's my home. Sure, sure. And, um, yeah, so it just feels like this, I don't even know yet, because I still feel like I'm, you know, I have, like, I can see the light cracking through, but I don't, I can't even tell you specifically the forms yet, but I have a sense, I mean, there's so, you know, I'm a Sagittarius rising, so I always have, like, a hundred things going on in the fires, but <laughs> I don't so know which one is going to take though. priority. Like what you're talking about is like all these wonderful things, all these irons <laughs> in the fire. It's great. Irons in the fire, yes. But it's kind of antithesis of what I think this new moon is really trying to bring up. It's like, hold on. 
<laughs> what about this activity that I used to do when I was a little girl that had nothing to do with like creative, just creating things or doing things and having momentum in, in one's life, career, whatever it is. But just something that you can just give yourself maybe even an hour a day to do just because it feels good. But I, you know, that's the tricky thing because I feel like so much of what I do it feels like that. Like it feels like what I would play. Like when I was little, I would play. Like, do you play Barbies still? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. Like now, the version would be like, "Oh, look at this jewelry I'm going to put on, or these shoes, or like uh -huh. you know, I still have you that totally." Or like, look at this really cool, like sparkly, you know, indigo blue nail polish I want to wear today. Mm, so yeah. I, I still play. I mean, I have a Leo South node, so I'm always playing. I don't. Good, that's not good. an issue in my life. I, if anything, I need to learn more discipline because I'm just always in play mode. Okay. Well, you have this figured out. Awesome. I don't know if it's <laughs> still trying to find balance, but yeah, like the Leo, I don't think I had like again because it's my K two. I don't know that that's where I have to put the work so much. Right. Um, I would agree. For me, it's hidden in my twelfth house oh, without right. a planet there. Ah, you don't have any planets in the twelfth. No. God bless you. No. I'm but twelfth like house girl. I mean, it's it's still a huge part of who I am. It's just it's, yeah, it's the one thing Pisces, that does tend to fade into the backdrop mm -hmm. if I'm not paying attention to it or cultivating it. Like I can just work all the time, and yeah. I, because I agree with you, I'm like that. Like for me, podcasting, writing, doing sessions, all of it is actually fun. Yeah, for me, so it it it's really easy for me just to get lost in that, and I'm I'm good. Just feeling like I'm good. But then there's this other thing, and there's been, I run an Airbnb out here. I'm on a ranch. Oh. There's, there's an airstream in the middle of this valley that these people come in every night, super busy. And a lot of kids come. And it's just such a joy to be that. able to, I don't have kids, to be around them mm -hmm. and to get into their world and to fully allow myself that experience. And so mm. two nights ago, uh, I was on a Pokemon Go adventure with these two little boys around the whole property. And I had been hearing about this Pokemon oh Go phenom that's like all <laughs> over the world. Yep. But I mean, I don't play Pokemon, so I had no mm. idea really what it was. And right. so I allowed myself to become five okay. with these kids. Okay. And it was amazing. Did you love it? Well, we didn't find any, but it was amazing. <laughs> we had so much fun. <laughs> Wow. Just trying, you know, just like allowing myself being like, oh, yeah, when I was five, I really did think I could fly. That's how I broke my leg when I was five. I jumped out of a tree. Like just allowing the imagination to take over and time and space to strip away. You it's broke good. your leg jumping out of a tree because you thought you could fly? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I used to wear costumes to Amazing. school and stuff. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so cool yeah until it was beat out of me like Adam oh. you can't do this anymore oh no gotta, take it back take it back gotta take the tights off well no. I guess I could go grocery shopping tonight with my Superman costume oh my god do it <laughs> that's a way to honor this Leo new moon for sure or go grocery shopping in the Superman costume yeah, yeah. what's better than that put on the costumes okay alright I'll do it <laughs> Wow, well, I feel like that's a really good note to end on. Yes, unless you have anything you want to add. <laughs> Whoops, are we still recording? It's so funny. It's like, oh, okay, there we are. So, wait, where do we find your podcast? 
Oh, you are recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, like, it, it literally stopped. Like, it heard me say that, and then the garage band just stopped recording, but it's back again. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Well, my site, which is the mothership of all of I do, or all I do, is holestoheavens.com. As if the stars were just holes to heaven, not, not nice. W-H, but H-O-L-E-S. Okay. And you can listen to the show on there, read my stuff. I also have classes that I offer, readings, the apprenticeship, like mentioned in the, in the beginning. But um, also the, the, the podcast portals, like iTunes and Podcast Addict and Stitcher, it's all on there. Cool. Yeah. Ah, so yeah, it's been it's been so great talking with you. I've enjoyed myself. Thank you, Serene. <laughs> thanks, Adam. And thanks for listening, everyone. Happy new moon. <laughs> Happy new moon.